Welcome to Grace Unfolding. I'm Jonathan Buckley, and uh, my co-host, once again, is Pastor Troy Albee. We are in episode... 11. 11. Yeah, very high. We're getting very um, elite Further further into this podcast. Very elite. Yeah, so, and today we have um, our second uh, round of kind of get to know somebody in church, right? And so we have a special guest with us here, Marilyn Baker. And Marilyn is here to give us a little bit about her story and um, her walk with the Lord throughout her life. That's right. And uh, we didn't. She did not ask us. We asked her. Uh, we're, we're thrilled to have Marilyn here, and uh, she's gonna, you know, unfold. So I want to give you a little bit of background, and she can correct me if uh, if I get some of these uh, some of these wrong. But Marilyn, uh, well, I didn't even ask you where where you actually grew up. Where, where did you actually oh, grow up? Upstate New York, Syracuse, huh? Orange. Fantastic. I've got family in Baldwinsville. Do you know where oh, that is? Oh, that's a stone stone. Yeah, yeah. Maryland is married to Gary. They've been married for 50 years. Praise the Lord. That is, that is fantastic. Uh, that is a beautiful testimony. She has two daughters uh, who are grown and married and have children, and they are split between North Carolina and uh, and here uh, on the South Shore. That's how you guys ended up here, right? It is. It's, it's for one of your daughters. Of course, there's that magnet, right? There's that. There's, she knows what I'm going to say. She's smiling. There's that magnet that is called grandchildren. How many, how many grandchildren do you have, Marilyn? I have five. Five grandchildren. They they range in age from what to what? Uh, Finn, our youngest, who came to church this week, is going to be eight, uh, May 19th, the same as Gary, my husband. Oh, wow. And my oldest is Charlie, who's 17. That's wonderful. And Charlie's down in North Carolina. Charlie, um, Charlie, Nora, and Sam are in North Carolina. That's great. Yeah, I've had a chance to meet uh, their their uh, their daughters and and, uh, and many of their grandchildren and their son-in-laws and a delightful family. And you guys split time, right? But do you still somewhat split time between? You have a home in New York still, and then you have a home here in uh, in Hull uh, on the South Shore, right? That's that's right. And Gary spends more time in New York because he's still working consulting. And I am completely retired now, and I just love it here. And plus, the grandkids are here, and they could use my help, and I love seeing them. So I spend the majority of my time here. And what did you do before you retired, Marilyn? Uh, well, I was a, um, a research technician, so I did research for about maybe 10 years or so, and that was soft monies. And then that money dried up, so we were put into the clinical field. So I did case management with seriously mentally ill um, veterans, SMI population, hmm. for over 20 years. And it started here. It originated with um, a, a group of people right here in, in Harvard, Massachusetts, you know, in this area. So case management was a new concept back then. I'm old. <laughs> and it was a new concept back then. And we were kind of writing our own stories of what case management was like. Oh, wow. And the PhD that I worked for was a lovely man. And he he wrote a program for us, and it fit into that. And and we just started the field of case management. Wow. So then I was taking with care ba- of that. veterans, you said? 15. We each had 15 of them, SMI population. And we, as a group, we took care of them. Oh, and wow. It was very rewarding and wow. exhausting. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. So how many years have you been retired? Uh, 55 from a long time, right? Marilyn doesn't like to give her age. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm old. <laughs> Troy's old. Troy's old too, though. Yeah, that's right. He is. Oh my! So, well, you've been married for fifty years. I've only been married years, for three years. It'll be twenty years. Twenty years. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. great. That's great. 
Well, we got some questions for you. And we, we, you know, by the way, as you listen to this, please follow up with Marilyn. You know, I invite her. She loves to have coffee and <laughs> and and meals with people, and she would love to answer further questions. We're going to ask ask a few sample ones and see where the conversation takes us. It was kind of like last time we said, "Hey, John, let's 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 freestyle." You know, yeah. let's 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 be, uh, you know, let's let's be creative. I will say this, Marilyn. How long have you been coming to our church, and how did you end up coming to our church? Close to nine years, and I, I, I dovetail that with the age of Sienna, who was my first granddaughter. That right. She brought us. I mean, her birth kind of brought us here. We came to help my daughter, you know, and my and my son-in-law, and then they had Finn, and and we came for three months. I said I was retired because I did retire young at fifty-five. I said we'll come and we'll help you out for you know the summer or something, and then then she had Finn for two, and then I just never left. Oh. And it's just been such a blessing for, to me and hopefully to them to be here. And, and, oh, I'm and sure I it love has this been church and <laughs> I love this place. And it's, to me, it's like I, I pinch myself because I'm kind of on the beach, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Well, our church loves having you. And uh, Marilyn's one of those people that doesn't, uh, as a pastor, I can say, I appreciate that. Uh, she will be glad to uh, participate in the sermon and say amen. And yeah. <laughs> she's, she's we don't got, have she's, a lot of that up in New England, do we? That's more of a southern. Well, pre- yeah, well, no, Presbyterians around the world don't really have a whole lot That's of that. True. You know, amen, hot glory going on during the sermon. And so uh, I, I, I genuinely appreciate that. And, and we'll get into some more of the things that we appreciate about Marilyn. But, uh, but maybe, maybe, John, you want to start with what, what some of our questions are. Yeah, you, you you can go ahead and start. Yeah, well, I, I'd love to just hear, you know, some of your background on how you, you know, uh, thought about God as a young person. We, we know that you came to faith a little later in life, but we'd love to hear just, you know, both as a young person and as a, as a, as a younger mom, you know, where was God in the picture? And, and really, I guess it's, it's kind of like trying to trace some of the spiritual journey that God has had you on, if that makes sense. Well, in my opinion, God was always in the picture. Um it's just that I, I, I had to get a clear view of what the picture was. And I remember being a, uh, I came from the Catholic faith, that was my church, and, and it was, uh, my relatives were filled with faith. And uh, I, But I remember, I remember being a young child, I don't know, 10 or 12, and um, uh, being kind of upset with God because what I had learned were he had, you know, rules and, and, and there was a moral way of living. And we were to honor him, and they told us Jesus was God and all that. And um, But I, I told him that I really would have much rather been a robot than this free will that he gave mm. me. Because when it came for me to make a choice of what to do, so many times I made the wrong one and fell into sin. And it really bothered me, and I remember mm. multiple times, if you had made me a robot... I would have made the right choice, and I would have done what you approved of, and that was my beef with him for a while, you know, because I, I was not happy that I made those wrong choices. And another thing we did in our in our religion was they had a confession. You'd go to confession, and I liked the concept of confession because it makes you aware that you have sins to confess, mm-hmm. and and we would go, or I would go, and I'd confess them. And I remember coming home, and maybe that same day I'd be doing some of the stuff I confessed. Right. And I'm like, well, what's up with this? Why is this? I mean, it seemed like a repetition that I didn't know how to get out of, and I didn't, mm. and I didn't like, and it didn't it didn't make sense to me. Um, 
later on when I came to faith, I, I realized that I really didn't have the power not to sin that the Holy Spirit gives us. I had the desire and the yearning not to. But the desire to please God. Yeah, yeah. And, and to not sin and to do the right thing. And so many of our homilies were on living a moral life. And, but the onus seemed like it was on the person. And we all know if that's the truth, we're in trouble. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So what, yeah. Well, what is the <laughs> what's the what's the alternative, and how that how did that come into focus? Because if that at that time you felt like there's no other choice but to be stuck with the weight on me to perform, what what changed, and 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 what is now in view for you is the better the better focus. What changed is my cousin Charlie became a Christian. Mm. He was Alice's older brother. He got the Lord saved him, and he had quite a lifestyle. I mean, he was a dealer in Las Vegas. He had been around the block. Nice, nice man. And God saved him. Mm. And he became an evangelist almost immediately. And he had and he, his, the whole remainder of his life he just talked about the Lord so genuinely. I mean, he'd be passing out Bibles. And he was passing out Bibles to all of us. And uh, it was his sister, um, my cousin Alice, that I'm sure he prayed for us both. And down the line, after a while, God God saved her, and our, our salvation started. She was fifty two, and um, I remember that she told me when it first happened to her, and she was desperate. She was desperate. Mm. You know, all she had was what we and she her her testimony was beautiful. She told me she was so desperate, and um, that she reached out to God. She was in bed one night and said, "I'm giving you her testimony." Lord, if you're real, I need to know. I've heard about you all my life, but if you're real, I need to know. And she put her hand out to reach him, just like the woman who, with the robe mm-hmm. who touched you. She put her hand out, and immediately she felt herself getting filled up from her toes to her head. I mean, she does this alone. Her husband's asleep in the bedroom. Hmm. God saved mm-hmm. her there, but she was really crying out to God in sincerity, and he met her where she was. And then, as being a Christian, we were all from the Catholic faith, and she was, she was, God, I can't do this by myself. You have to give me someone that I can do this mm. with, because this is hard. And, um, and she prayed, and three months later, the Lord saved me. Oh, wow. And when she got saved, she did not eat for 10 days. She fasted for 10 days. Who does that? I mean, she was so, and she she floated. So I'm witnessing this. Her face glowed. She was filled with the love of God. She just, I mean, it was a total transformation. And I'm like, wow. I mean, it, you couldn't miss it mm-hmm. if you were looking at her. It's so yeah. cool. And so you you were living close to her at the time. And yeah, in, yeah, we lived in New York together. Yeah. Oh, cool. So you away. saw her like become a believer and then change. Yeah, and I was preaching to her before she was a believer. I wasn't saved, but but I right. I wasn't. But I was packing a Bible, a King James Bible that belonged to my husband. It was a lovely black one that his grandmother gave him. Lovely family of Christians, and I was reading it. I didn't really understand it so much, but I understood some things. And when she was in her desperate phase, I remember going to her house at lunch and telling her how God loved her and all this. And she said, Marilyn, you were preaching to me, but no offense, it fell flat. Mm. <laughs> you know, there wasn't any sure. punch in it. She knew I cared about her, but yeah. it wasn't that I was, you know, giving her a great message or anything because I didn't know how to. Anyway. Yeah, that's cool how you can see, like, somebody's you know, become a believer and their life change. And so much of that is kind of my hope actually for my, 
my story and within my family is that they they'll see the change within me and my life and and be attracted to that and and come to faith in Christ. So that's interesting. What would you say, Marilyn? You you know we use that phrase sometimes. We say, "Well, I I I was saved." What when you were if you were to talk to someone and try to explain what were you saved from and what were you saved to? Does that make sense? And before you answer that. Well, how old were you? You said Alice, your cousin, was 52. I was 44. You're 44 years May old. May 26, 1994. I'll never forget the day. Mm. Um, and my cousin Charlie, her brother, led me to him. But it wasn't immediate. It was They had witnessed to me for some time and, and were really telling me about the Lord and about the Word and until, I, until I, I got it. And I remember her saying to me, Marilyn, you got, you're, you're right up in the water, but you got to jump in. You can't hold back. Hmm. You just got to jump in. I'm like, what, what's she talking about? And I just went to God with that. Yeah. She said, there's some hesitancy, and you just have to take the plunge. Yeah. And uh, once I did it, I understood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What would you say you would, when you go back to that question about saved, like, what are you saved from and what are you saved to? I was saved from my futile sinfulness Maybe like the rat going around on a maze who right. wants to get yeah. out of that maze, but yeah. can't because he or she is stuck. And I was on that wheel, but I was saved from that futile, uh, disgruntled lifestyle, shot lifestyle, mm-hmm. to a, a way to worship the living God. And mm-hmm. I remember when we first went to churches, we, we had been to religious, traditional, you know, that were pretty much the same. And then we, we all went to a worship service. It was a Pentecostal church on a Sunday night. And, and we started doing this ourselves because we felt the need to worship, even though we hadn't joined a church yet. And we went, it was a beautiful place, Believer's Church. And they, um, we, it, was a, it was all in celebration of God. And I remember the first time, and they were playing music and saxophone and dancing and praising, lifted their arms, and I said, God, this party's for you. Hmm. This is all about you. And I had right. never seen anything like it. And it just just lit me up to be in the presence of people that were so devoted and, and lifting up the name of the Lord Jesus. And that's, the worship was about him. Oh, it was. Yeah. Totally. What were you worshiping before then? I don't know. I mean, I was praying to God. I, 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 but it was, it, it, it just seemed kind of rote, yeah. you know. I mean... Yeah. I knew that I knew that Jesus died and 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 I loved God and wanted to please Him, but I, I couldn't, I yeah. wasn't able to, and I found I mean I didn't feel like I was, and I found that very frustrating. Yeah, so it sounds like there was also some clarity that just came with upon conversion and God sending His Spirit to you. What what He saved you from was a life of futility and sinful selfishness, but also just confusion. Like, hey, this is my purpose. Like when you when you realized. I want to follow God. I want to live my life to the glory of God. You thought, man, I've got purpose now. I sure did. And boy, I took off of it. And I don't take the, the praise for it myself. It was the first church that we rolled in. They had a class on evangelism. And I was a new believer. And I said, you mean you can actually tell people about this wonderful thing that happened? Right. <laughs> you can share it? And then we had this young man. I'll never forget his name. was Mark, And he, he was a, a, a young evangelist for the church. And he sort of taught the class. He he shared some of his techniques and some of his. I'm thinking, well, this is great. And um, 
I was like, sign me up. And, uh, and, I, and in one way or another, I've been trying to do that since that point. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I can't think of anything more worthy or to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting, go, go ahead. You go through your, your next thought. And you know thought. what? I told my veterans, I mean, I, I did because I was, you know, I was older and I was their case manager and they were all sick and suffering and I had the truth. Mm. And I couldn't cure them. I couldn't make them better. I could love them, which I did. But I had the answer and that answer was Jesus Christ. So I started telling them all. I thought, how awful would it be to have the answer and not share it? Yeah. You know, yeah. I know what can really heal you. It might not deliver them from all their mental illness, but it would heal them. And and one by one by one, they all came to Christ. Wow. It, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was an amazing. amazing. It was an amazing. But God, it wasn't at the VA hospital. It was in an outreach center, so we had some liberty. And okay. it all worked out so beautifully because I was in a, a Bible study with a priest who um, was not really enlightened, but... I, I happened. One of my veterans said that, Marilyn, why don't you teach the Bible? Because that's all I wanted to talk about afterward. And so this priest and I got together, and we taught in the book of Psalms. And I loved it, and the veterans were there. And now I was saved, and God showed me. And I just would share all these things. So they would come to my office, and I would pray with them. I mean, and I, and, and, and I would explain to them what salvation was, and I would, it just, God gave me the doorway because Amen. I was teaching this. So I had the authority, because you're not really supposed to go preaching around in the government, you know. But at the time, <laughs> I had the cover of the Bible study, mm-hmm. and, and they'd come, and we'd pray, and, and, and I would share my faith, and, and I gave them opportunity, and they didn't take it all the first, but one by one by one they came. And what a blessing. And and I saw changes in them. I, I, I truly did. And and it was just, um, it was a miracle. I mean, mm. the whole thing was miraculous. Sometimes I tell people um, that I, the way I describe um, prayer is prayer is the language of faith that none of us speaks fluently. <laughs> like we, we, we develop, we develop more fluency, but we never speak it perfectly with perfect fluency, the language of prayer, uh, which is the language of faith. Prayer is the language of faith that we never speak fluently. I, I sense, you know, when I've, you know, Marilyn regularly comes on Thursday to the, the prayer meeting and uh, have had other occasions to, um, to just experience God's power through answered prayer and seeing that in your life. I'd love to hear just you reflect on how God has used, you know, has used prayer. It's a really open-ended question. But, you know, maybe, maybe like a for instance or an occasion where you, maybe not even just when it comes to sharing the faith, but just walking through valleys or walking through hardship that you could say, I, I've seen God answer, you know, prayer. I, I I remember praying right in the beginning. You know, people will sometimes say that first year of coming to faith, your feet don't hit reach the ground, and they really don't. Hmm. And God, I think, at least in my experience, and some God really blesses a new believer because He's building up their faith and he, and He's showing them well of, of who He is, yeah. and, and He's answering so many of their prayers because He's He. I mean, you're getting to know God, and and I remember that. <laughs> this is silly, but. 
I used to pray for parking spots because I would go to lunch with my cousin Alice. We didn't have that much time, and we would talk about the Lord or read the Bible or something. We'd go to Bible studies on our lunchtime. But anyway, um, because we had a lot to catch up on, we started late. And uh, <laughs> we went to every Bible study that we could <laughs> find. And and we would and I would pray for a parking spot because, you, know, you, you know, I didn't have that much time. And God would always give them to me. And I remember Alice saying to me, now, Marilyn, it was maybe I was saved a year or so, I want you to know that you can't expect God to keep answering all your your requests for parking spots. Now, I mean, he, he was really gracious with you for this time, but don't be thinking that he owes you parking spots or that he's going to continue. I don't want, she didn't want me to be disappointed yeah, if yeah. I would pray for a parking spot. So, you know, this is going to run out, she was sort of telling me. But in God's honest truth, it never did. I still, in, in a pinch, pray for a parking spot, and he opens it up, and there it is. That's so awesome. that really wasn't true. But I think she didn't want me to think yeah. that maybe that God was a magic Santa Claus, and I didn't, but but I did go to him with every request. Yeah. You know? And and how how have you seen him in, in not the parking spot scenario, but, you know, the dark night of the soul when, you know, you're, you're you know, way down? How is... What does prayer look like, and, and how have you seen God meet you in, in, in those moments? I, I think just crying out to God, just crying out to God and, and our lack of understanding and our pain and our affliction. And, and in my experience, I think a parent uh, experienced it most acutely with a child, or, mm-hmm. or, or as you watch your children struggle, or, or you see things going on in life, and, and you can't fix them, and you can't do it. But you can go to the Lord with your prayers for them and know that he hears you. And you know if it's in his will, you have what you ask, mm. believing. I remember my young daughter who lives here would tell me that. I said, if you ask believing, you've got it. I mean, mm. and, and she believed that. Well, then, and I remember we were praying for my mother's salvation. And, and, and I said, Sarah said, uh, and because she did save her in the end, and, and she said, Mom, God's going to save her because I prayed and I believed it. Mm. And he did. Mm. He ultimately did, you know, before her death. Mm. So I guess it's just realizing that you don't have to do it all because you can't. And you can take all that because it says so clearly in the word. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He's crushed and uh, for us and that he bears the weight of our sin, our mm-hmm. sorrows, our grief, our afflictions, mm. he carries it. And just to know that, to me, is a, a, a marvelous thing. Mm. Yeah. It, well, even this morning at prayer meeting, we were just reading and reflecting on how the the Son is the one, Jesus is the one who gives us access, and the, the Spirit of God, you know, you know, gives utterance and, and, and words that, you know, when we're lacking, that he, you know, provides uh, in prayer. I could keep going on and on about prayer, and, and, and Marilyn has been, uh, has been teaching me about prayer, and I'm grateful for it. John, is there other, uh, other questions that you have for Marilyn? I'm sure there are, but I, I, I didn't want to hog up all the yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, we we've been you know we've been doing a, a, a lot of discussions on like sharing your faith and and um, and evangelizing. It sounds like through your your job, you were able to kind of share your faith, and, and many people came to came to know Christ through that. How are some other ways in your life that you like that you are able to position yourself to share your faith and and share it with others? Well. I'll, I'll tell you a cute story. Alice and I, we would just, uh, um, we just started off 
on is fire. Who? Alice, my cousin, who okay. got saved before I did. She's been gone for two years now. She's with the Lord. But we started off on fire, and we would buy tracks. And it was the sower of the seeds, so that was all scripture, nothing hokey or anything, mm-hmm. but all the word of God. And we would buy them. Like a pamphlet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I, okay. I have them in my pockets of every jacket I have even now. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just the word of God. And we would buy them by the thousands. And we would distribute them. Every time we went to lunch, we'd leave a good tip and a track. Mm-hmm. Every time we'd leave them on top of telephone booths, we'd leave them for people. And one day we went to the regional market in New York State, which is where we're from, and we had so many. And there were like four or five of us, and we just distributed them all. We just moved through that market, and she she did build up my faith a lot. Mm-hmm. She said, Marilyn, I got kicked out, and so and so got stopped. But they don't see you, Marilyn. God has anointed you. You can move in and out. You can get into, <laughs> and they don't even notice you. You go in, give a few tracks, and they take them, and nobody sees you. She was sort of telling me that God was making a path for mm-hmm. me. He was making mm-hmm. a way for me to do this without fear. And, and, and I, I think she might have been right. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 did, I was able to do that. And each time you do that, it just builds up your faith more. Oh, but handing out uh, tracks handing and out talking tracks to people and, and stuff. talking to people about yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Because then you realize, well, once you realize what you got, you just want everybody to have it, mm-hmm. especially those that you love and know. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and if I made any error, it was maybe I was chomping at the bit and said too much too soon because God's timing is everything. Even with a relational oikos evangelism, it's his timing. But... I can remember some of those prayers. God, I don't think that came out so well. Could you go back and fix that, please? Right. Could you just please take the the things that were important for that person to hear and seal that in their heart and, and the other things, maybe just let that fall away. Well, that's the prayer of a lot of preachers. Yeah. Um, I, I, that leads me to another question. <laughs> let me let that leads me to another question, and this is probably controversial. I'll probably get in trouble with more than oh, one boy. person for asking this. But Marilyn, I want to know, and the only reason I can I can ask this is because I have the same struggle. Uh, I have all my life, my entire life. But could you tell us a time, Marilyn? Marilyn is a unique person, and she has uh, a tremendous ability, obviously, in just sharing the gospel with people and talking with them about Jesus. But can you tell us a time when your your mouth got you in trouble? Because <laughs> <laughs> I can totally identify with just well, wanting to talk and feeling like say, I've talked too much. I would have to say at work, at, okay. when I was working at the VA, yeah. because there was no shutting me up. And, and I had a and, and I had a limited cover, and but but you know that was not what I was paid to do. I did I did everything that I was uh-huh. paid to do pretty well, I think. I hope, and um, but that wasn't the focus of what I was supposed to be doing there. And it it, it clearly got around. And I mean, and I worked for like psychologists, and I worked for people that were Jewish, and people. Yeah. And, and this was not you know, and 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 people talked, and many came to Christ, and I was passing out Bibles because I could. I mean, we would get Bibles from our church and pass them all out, and because of the Bible study, we were we were able to do that. Did they ever say anything to you? At the yeah, VA? they did. Yeah, they, yeah. They I said, thought I was going to lose my job once, um, because there was one lady in particular. It kind of kind of got around. This is what I was doing, and um, uh, I did get written up. Okay. I, I got written up, and I remember calling Charlie, and there was one female psychologist. She was she just didn't like what I was doing. She just did, didn't. I mean. You could tell that she bristled even being around me, and um, 
and I was just, you know, happy. And uh, and and they, um, people, someone wrote, a, you know, who wrote the letter? The, the priest. I have, oh, and, and, I, and kind of in your defense. I, no, he oh. was one of the ones that turned me in. Yeah, see that. Oh. The priest in the Bible study turned out later. I didn't find out at first. There was oh. a written thing. And, and, and one of the things that they said I was doing, and I remember calling my cousin Charlie and being in tears because I thought, this is it, I'm, I'm getting canned. She's passing out Bibles. She's praying people in her office. She's leading people. She's doing a whole list of things I was doing that was not like on my list of my job list required. And and I rem- and, and uh, <clears throat> I did eventually get counseled. And, and I remember calling Charlie, and I said, Charlie, Charlie, I'm in trouble. And I was crying, my cousin, who was the evangelist. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> I could lose my job, and I read him. They, they actually wrote a letter and listed these things that I was doing on it. And he's and I, I I told him and he goes, wow that's powerful Marilyn. I said what? <laughs> he said that's powerful. Can you imagine them reading this letter to Jesus in heaven? This is what she's doing. She's passing out Bibles. She's handing out. That's Jesus. beautiful. I said, oh, oh, how does it look from his purview? And I thought I stopped crying immediately because he he just. And it was a grateful thing. I'm so grateful. He just turned my whole orientation. Yeah, yeah. I thought, um, and he was saying, that's just such a powerful thing. And then eventually they lost the letter because I, I thought maybe that is a good letter. I'm looking for it in my time. <laughs> but somehow that letter just got, I don't think God wanted me to get hung up on yeah, anybody yeah. saying I was doing something, you know. Well, and, and and I didn't even know that story. That's a beautiful. I mean, I was thinking more along the lines of just confessing how our, our tongues got us in trouble with, you know, offending people or, you know, disappointing family member or embarrassing our spouse or, you know, that I can think of all the times that, you know, my mouth's got me in trouble. And... Oh, that's old hat to me. But this was like, <laughs> this was going to cost me my job. And I didn't yeah, think yeah, that yeah. was, gonna, I mean, it could have. Yeah, yeah. And that was going to fly well. It didn't but end up costing you your job no, either, right? I got counseled. It was a lovely Jewish man and he really liked me because he knew I really cared about I think that's why my veterans and all that and he said I don't want to do this Marilyn I do not want to do this this is not my choice to do to to and that but then he brought me in a room and told me what I what I could legally do and what I couldn't yeah and and I was crestfallen because I mean I was I mean I was crestfallen I was it hurt and it just was it made me very sad you know God, God not only used you as a way to get to these uh, veterans and, and with the good news, but you also kept your job. He so did that's, indeed. That's some glorious he stuff did right indeed. there. And yeah. you know what? This is going to sound really weird, I think. But the, of all the people in the VA, no one ever got a pink slip but the man that counseled me. He lost his job. The man that counseled you? The what, man that counseled What do you mean by counseled you? He told me I couldn't talk about oh, the Lord. Told me this yeah, was yeah. He got a pink slip. All the other psychologists that worked there. And, he, and I liked him. He was kind to me. He, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he never was not kind. And, 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 but he got the pink slip. And, and, and my cousin Charlie said, you don't come against the children of the living God. <laughs> That's what Charlie's interpretation was yeah. when this <clears throat> happened to this man. Yeah. So, so God turned that around, but I did not want him to. Sure, but you, what you're saying is, yeah. But yeah. I wasn't the one, I guess, who was in danger of losing my job at the time. Yeah. You know? And that's all God. 
That's all God. Mm. Well, I want to use this as an opportunity to say thank you because I think the way that you, what you've taught me, Marilyn, and the ways that you have um, utilized your gifts in encouragement to bless myself and Krista and others in our church. And I, 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 so I want to say thank you. And, um, and I think you're, you know, you're, you're dialed into how to encourage people and speak the truth in love and people sense the genuineness of your compassion and you have an awareness about, you know, some of your, um, like all of us have your, your weaknesses and strengths. And, and sometimes our greatest strength is, is indeed our, our greatest weakness. And I think I even mentioned a quote about that this past week concerning Peter and the zealot that he was and how that got him in trouble. Um, but I'm glad that you've also used your gifts to enhance and bless people's lives. Mine being one of them. I'd love to hear if you have any, any, if there's things that come to mind that you think to yourself, boy, if I could grab some young people in our church by the shoulders and just shake them in a good way and say, this is what you need to hear. This is what you need to do. The priorities of your life, you know, trust me, this is what I would say. What would it be? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Share your faith, I would say to them. Don't put it in the closet. Don't stuff it in your backpack or put it in your suitcase. I, I, I was praying once and Put it on your face and in your mind and in your heart. And, and people will see it and they will notice it. And, and, and you can reach out to them and you can say a little bit. And, you you know, the, the Lord blessed my day. Look what God did. And, and look, I mean, even on this most recent trip I took, you know, God got the Lord. It's going to rain. God gave us a beautiful day. You can, you can bring God into a conversation without being thought of as crazy you can find gentle ways to bring them in and 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 i i would say to do that mm-hmm. you know I, I would share share your faith i mean my my grandkids are are sharing their faith mm-hmm. and they're still teenagers you know sam has a special friend from china that's going back to china and boy have they they have spent a whole year loving and 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 he, this young man's going to church and his mother's going to church and they're mm-hmm. sharing their faith culturally you know, with people that would never hear about mm-hmm. it otherwise, you know. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and God just encourages young people. And I'm sure that he will because because that's who God is. He, when, when you have budding faith and you, you kind of step out with it, God just underlines it. He just, he, he causes there to be fruit from it to build up their faith and that, so that they would do it again. I think that's my own. So I hear you saying, obviously crying out to God in consistent prayer, sharing your faith, whether that's your coworker or a family member, a stranger, your children, sharing the, sharing the gospel, you know, with other people in our lives. What's another thing that would say, this is what makes Marilyn grow in the gospel. This is what Marilyn, this is how, this is how you have grown in your faith by prioritizing blank. Uh, Bible studies. Mm-hmm. I, I never, and I still can't, I, I'm in two, I can't get enough of Bible studies, you know, good Christian-led Bible studies, because even if you've done a book, you do it again and you learn more, and that there's so much that you can gain from being in a Bible study. The fellowship, the prayer, the teaching, that's always been my favorite thing to do, mm-hmm. being a, a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just discovered this morning again in all my books, um, there is a this Whitney wrote a, bu- a book about the spiritual disciplines. Yeah, Donald Whitney. Yes, mm-hmm. and I got it. You know, I was at the Baptist church, and I re- went to his talk and bought the book, and I read the first chapter. And you know what he said 
and he's so right. He says, you know, we don't just step into Christ and think that we're saved and that's it. We have a responsibility, and these are our spiritual disciplines, and we have a part of it. And he listed them, prayer and studying and quiet time, and he's got them all listed. And he said, he goes, and, and, and yes, the Holy Spirit helps you in these things, but the Holy Spirit's not going to get you up, set you down in a chair, turn the pages for you when you're reading the Bible. That's your responsibility. That's what you need to do. And I thought he said it in such a good way. We... Our job is to grow in godliness and Christ-likeness, and, and that's just not an instant thing where you press a button. That's a lifetime of seeking the Lord and going to him in prayer and, and making it a priority. And in this book of spiritual disciplines, he said that we really need to do this with some degree of regularity, and he's right. It take, I mean, Yeah, it, t- it does take that discipline. It also takes, it, it's a price to pay. That you, I mean, to, for you to drive to our church, it's probably over 30 minutes. I was thinking that when I was getting lost here today. <laughs> Seriously, I was thinking, what? Why, why? 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 Like on the days that you're, you maybe feel, you know, slightly uh, under the weather or you've, you've got a, a, a big long list of things that you wanted to accomplish for the week. Why, why do you get up on Sunday and go to church? I love our church. I love our church. I love church, but I love our church. And it's my church. And I, and I love it. And I just am blessed to be there. And it's, to me, that, I mean, it takes me that long to get anywhere where I live, you know, and I'm happy to to, to go. I mean, there's such fellowship, and there, I mean, it's just a wonderful church. Why do you, why do you, when you're on vacation, why do you go to, no one's looking. We notice when you're not with us, and, but, but you're, you're, I, I on, you're, always go to some church when I'm on vacation. Why? Uh, I think I need to. I, I want to. I just don't, and I have churches that I, I mean, there's always a good church nearby in this country, praise the Lord. Yeah. There generally is. We're yeah. not, you know, and, and you can find them. And, and, and you, I think you said it, someone said it, our gifts are, are to, to not, they're not just for us to keep in a cubbyhole. They're to bless the body of Christ with. And, and if we're not in church fellowshipping, how can we do that? It would be selfish to not. But I just love church. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't, I mean, I just love church. I, and, and, and when we were back in, in Syracuse, in our hometown, we in, in our denomination there, we would go to church all day. I mean, start in the morning, and we would spend, and then come back at night, and, and we just did church. And it just is a wonderful thing. And I'm looking forward to spending eternity mm-hmm. worshiping, because, wow, isn't that going to be wonderful? Nobody interrupting you. Nobody, nobody saying, would you do this for me, or would you drive this person there? <clears throat> well, that's... There's so many things about the the glory of heaven that we're we're, we're looking forward to in a, in a big big way. John, other questions you have for Marilyn? And so, all right. So, Marilyn, we were talking previously about something you wanted to talk about, which is the inten- intentionality of your faith. Can you expand on that a little bit? Well, I'm more and more aware of it as I get older. Um, that my time left in this world is a lot less than the time I've already spent here. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and how am I going to use that? And what, how can I best honor God and, and say, I mean, one of my daughter thinks I have like two years left. I don't know that that's true, but, but <laughs> say that that's the case. What would, and I'm glad she sort of raised that thing. Yeah, right. What, if, if you do, in fact, have two years, how do you want these two years to look? How yeah. do you want to spend it? You know, eating bonbons and watching movies or right. telling people about Christ, people that, that, that you, you may be the only Christian in their path. 
you may be the only one that that has the boldness or whatever it is to 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 you know mention it and to breach that thing and you know the way in in my experience is prayer whenever anybody's hurt or suffering whether they know the lord or not they want prayer they know i mean i think there's a sense god puts eternity in our hearts to know that there's something yeah. bigger and greater than us and when mm-hmm. when people are on their knees when push comes to shove people want prayer and that's what i view so many times I'll pray for you. How can I pray for you? What do you want me to pray? Somebody gets sick, and they tell me about it. I'll pray. And then God gives me the call up and check on them a day later. I mean, that you didn't just toss off a prayer and forget it. You're concerned about their loved one or their thing. So God gives me, brings it to mind, the follow-up of the prayer and and right. you know you pray for them and then how else can i pray for you to me that's been the one of the greatest lead into people even before you even mention god cuz they know you're praying to god yeah. and god god's name follows the prayer and 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 people are very specific with you when you when you ask them what i can pray for so mm. that's been a that's been a way for me to connect with other people that's interesting so kind of using your prayer life obviously to pray for other people but by also um, telling people that you're praying for them and then following up with them after that prayer really shows what you were talking about with the intentionality of sharing your faith and letting people know that you're not just saying you're praying for them that you are praying for them and that you're following up with them that kind of really is a good that makes the connection it makes the connection that you didn't them. just say oh I'll pray for you and, and this is going to sound funny, but, you know, on the, the wonderful cruise that I just went with, the, the woman who organized it was of the, the Jewish faith. And she, we came, I came back home, and she went on to Greek islands with her husband. They were going to have their fifth. Lovely lady. I liked her. And um, we talked about prayer. And, and she was getting sick. And I texted her, you know, talk with her after how you doing, whatever, getting sick. And she said, I'm starting to not feel good. She said, would you pray for me? She asked me to pray for her. I mm-hmm. said, "Well, surely I will. I surely mm-hmm. will." And and how? And and I said, "And I'll pray for this." And I and I did. And I really went to the Lord with that. She texts me a couple of days later. And she goes, "You know, Marilyn, your prayer might just work because I'm better." Mm. And she said, "I said, well, I'd like to think. I hope it did." Yeah. You know, I mean, she requested it. I tell her I'm doing it. And God does what God does, and He answers them. And then she gets the test. I mean. You know, that that forms some faith in her. I mean, I don't know what she thinks, but she came to me, yeah, a Christian. <clears throat> when you feel like God has said no or wait or maybe to your prayers, how do you shift it? Does that make sense? Like, what 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 what's the transition, right? When you when you sense that, maybe, you know, maybe the answer is is no, or then I feel like God is telling me this is going to suck. Don't you be focusing on me answering your prayer, but not like that. Yeah. That's not the focus. The focus is the kingdom of God. And here's some prayer. I call them our big prayers, the prayers that are overarching that have not been answered yet, that we don't know if God's going to answer them or not, but we lift them in faith and hope they're according to his, his will. And then we put our hands to the plow and get about doing what God has asked us to do. And how I, I get off of that is I don't focus on that. 
if I were to do that, I mean, there's, I've had some big things in my life. I could be in bed with the covers over my head and not get out of bed because mm-hmm. I'm given into the, the hurt or despair or things that you've seen or even happened to your loved ones. But that's not to be my focus. My focus, as far as I can tell from what the Word said, is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when I got saved, my mother-in-law said, and the kids told her, um, she came from faith, and, 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 and they, they were teenagers. They were like 14 and 16, something like that. And then she calls me up on the phone, and she says, Marilyn, do you have something to tell me? And I'm like, what, Eleanor? What, what, what could I have to tell you, you know? She goes, well, what's new? <laughs> <laughs> and she was going on and going on. And finally, I told her or the, the Lord saved me. And she goes, I knew it. Your kids have called me up. They're saying, Grandma, my mom is packing a Bible with her everywhere she goes. And all she's doing is reading the Bible. and studying. I mean, they, they called my mother-in-law and told her that. You know, mm-hmm. they were, and, and it was, a, I mean, it was a, a big shift. And uh, it was a wonderful thing. Yeah, well, that's great. That's a, that's a great example. Of, I mean, for me, I, I sometimes say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? And Lord, in the meantime, give me patience. Or Lord, uh, you know, since the answer is no, so, you know, use this uh, to to teach me contentment or to teach me. Because that, that's that's where, you know, that part of the, 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 the wrestling with the mystery, which is what you talked about earlier, that mystery is, it lingers for us at times. And, and then we, we, you know, we have to pray for other things like the fruit of the Spirit and, and contentment so I can make it through, you know, because life is filled with, you know, just just disappointments and, and, uh, and, and, and lots of waiting. God doesn't owe me anything. He's given me the pearl of great worth, the precious pearl of great worth. He owes me, and I got that totally undeserving. He gave me that. So he really doesn't owe me any answers to prayer. He answers countless prayer. And that's his graciousness. That's his love. But the the bottom line is he doesn't owe me an answer to any of those prayers. Mm. I lift it up to him in faith. And then you have to leave it with him. You know, and... and, uh, and hopefully the Holy Spirit will, will lead us to what we ought to be doing next, mm. you know, because um, we've already gotten everything there is to have, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah. that's that's beautiful. Um, that's a great, that is a great word. John, other questions? I don't know. I think we I think we're learning a lot about Marilyn and 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 her uh, walk with God, and I think that kind of. Unless you got anything else. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to encourage people. I, I think that this is just, there's so many stories to be told. One of the reasons that Jonathan and I started this podcast was for the very express purpose of stories. So thank you. Um, there's more to your story. There's more to all of our stories. And I, I, I want to create avenues and connect people and, you know, pull people into a room and that's kind of what we're doing here and other people are getting to listen into that conversation. So I think if if there are people that are listening to this and they think, oh, I'm glad to hear Marilyn talk about that, follow up with Marilyn. Or you think, oh, I'm glad to hear a testimony about evangelism and prayer. But I really would like to hear a testimony about 
fill in the blank. You know, one of the reasons that we we invited the cones on to have a conversation about um, cancer is because how do you navigate suffering? So I would just want to encourage people as we wrap up this episode to give some thought to, is there a person that you'd like to hear from or a topic that you'd like to hear from that Jonathan and I could, um, you know, leverage that and go seek out, you know, a resource or a person that, you know, would help illustrate and to tell that story. So, um, thank you. This has been, this has been great. It's been wonderful. Well, thank you guys for joining us for Grace Unfolding. This has been a special episode with Marilyn Baker. And um, so, yes, do write in. Do let us know what you want to hear about next or who you want to hear from next. And if you want to be on the podcast, also Yeah, you can be on it too. Info at gracesouthshore.org. Well, thank you for having me because what I love to do is talk. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect for a podcast episode. All right. Thank you, guys.